Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Asif Khan and Abriana Lopez. Okay. All right, we are back with your favorite podcast of the week. This is This Week in Location-Based Marketing, episode number 406. And we're recording live on Wednesday, the 13th of March. Uh, Brianna, how are you? How's Atlanta? What's going on? I am good. I'm a little crazy, a little frazzled besides my hair. Like I am just, you know, it's wild. Uh, but we're getting some spring weather finally. So I am thankful for that. It's been, it was beautiful yesterday and today is like pretty nice as well. Um, and just, you know, gearing up, we've got Retail Loco in Seattle coming up. Um, we have a local chapter event here um, coming up, and just lots of stuff going on. How about you? What's yeah, new? Yeah, it's busy. Everything's good. Uh, I was in uh, New York uh, the last two days for the Burrell Media Conference, uh, which was cool. It was, uh, you know, it, it's always, I like going to those events. Uh, like Gordon Burrell asked me to come and, and give a talk on kind of the future of, you know, media and all that sort of stuff which was fun but uh, for me it's always interesting because that like that audience is all about local tv local radio local print media you know newspapers and television and radio but at a local level um but what was interesting this year for the first time there was uh speakers from both facebook and google uh and the google people were talking about google news and how that's competing with apple news uh and facebook has a whole new focus on local um and um so that's it's going to be interesting to watch those two companies uh, in particular, um, and I got to talk about Geo Broadcast Solutions, one of our uh, relatively new LBMA members, uh, who's doing interesting things in taking terrestrial radio and breaking that into being able to geofence and deliver different ads, and so that was good. Lots of interest in that, um, and and it's getting you know we're getting spring here in Toronto too, so I can't Yay. complain. All good. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we got a good show. Uh, three industry no news stories, three member news stories for you this week. Um, and as, as Rana already said, Retail Loco is now just around the corner, uh, April 24th and 25th in Seattle. Lots of, uh, of new speakers coming. Um, and uh, I think it's, it's going to be a really interesting one. So um, we're doing a whole panel this time on... Uh, kind of the last mile and local delivery and all that sort of stuff, which we haven't done before. Uh, Glimpse and here are teaming up uh, with uh, some of their customers uh, on that. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Um, and obviously Moz is hosting. So we're excited about that. And um, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be fun. So awesome. get your ticket retaillow.co if you haven't uh, uh, done so yet. Book it. All right. I'll throw it over to you. All right. Kicking it off with a story from Hermes, and no, not the luxury retail $20,000 purse brand. Um, this is actually a European-based package delivery company, um, and they are aiming to like streamline and personalize the whole package delivery process, the whole sending and receiving part of it, and just kind of um, you know shake things up a little bit in a new way. So they have dynamic measuring and messaging as part of their app and their platform, and now they're adding an AR feature. So um, there's actually like two AR features that they're adding. The first one is that customers can use like this measurement tool within the app. Um, it's called the Hermes Send app. It's um, side note only available on iOS, and it use it's use utilizing. Oh my God, can I get that out? Utilizing Apple's AR kit. 
Um, and so the first feature, they can use this um, this like scanner to basically say like, what size box do I need. So it's taking the guesswork out of that and just kind of streamlining it for consumers, which is really cool, you know. Um, I am like probably a little bit cheap when it comes to shipping things, so I'll like walk in the UPS store and I'll be like, okay, what's the smallest package that this thing can fit in, you know? So I'm not buying like the, you know, the $10 box, yeah. like I want like the envelope. So this will be really useful for me when I'm like returning leggings, you know, gym pants or whatever it may be. Um, and the second AR feature that they're adding is kind of fun. And this is like a little bit more uh, sentimental and like, you know, connecting with the consumers. And it's this video messaging. So customers can append a video message that they record to this 2D barcode um, and so when the the receiver gets the package, they can scan the barcode and they can actually like pop up this video message from the sender, which is kind of fun. I like that they're thinking about it from like this interactive messaging. Um, I always just wonder like, do they have a special code, the receiver, or do they know that it's the you know the receiver of the package, or can anybody scan this this package and just like see what your video message says? <laughs> um, but I really like this. I like the way that they're thinking about kind of, um, you know, shaking up the whole package delivery. You know, you've kind of had these big players for a long time. You've got, like, DHL, which is more on an international level. You've got the FedExes and the UPSs and, you know, just, like, the regular postal service. But nobody's really thinking about it, I think, from this type of a perspective and making it more of a, um, you know, a service with tangible things that you can, you know, besides just getting that package, also getting like a special message and kind of bringing the digital with the physical. So I really like that I think they're thinking about it in the right way. Um, and they do focus also on, um, uh, I think, like economical standpoint. So trying to be like a good price point for, for shipping and delivery. So I like that as well. Yeah, I, I, I like all, all the things you just talked about in this story. I, um, you, you know, I think the, the box sizing uh, use case, I think, is an interesting one. We've seen a couple of companies now try to do that uh, around shipping, you know, more so not from the shipping company, but like even from directly from like, uh, you, you know, online ordering services uh, in terms of, you know, which box do you want with this and that kind of thing and what, you know, what fits it well. Uh, but yeah, I think FedEx is playing around with something like that. Um, uh, we might have talked about a while back, but uh, yeah. for me, the messaging thing is really interesting. Um, you know, as you were talking, I'm thinking like, you know, how many times, well, yeah, maybe you haven't done, maybe Jerome has sent you flowers or something like that, or, you know, you've sent flowers uh, to, you know, to my mom or to my wife or my whatever, you know, and, and there's always like the little uh, card where, you, you know, you write a message um, or you can write a little message to go with it or whatever. But like so much better if you could do that in a little quick little video or something like that that comes with it. You, know, you scan the, the box or scan the, the packaging. Um, I think it's brilliant. I think that's just a cool, uh, you know, part of where we're going in, in terms of uh, messaging, right? And you're going to see the social media platforms, I think, uh, emerge as ways to um, activate that type of messaging. Um, and... Um, you know, little pop-up holograms, you know, of Arianna <laughs> talking to you, you know, from, you know, or, you know, all that kind so of stuff. Weird. You know, I saw somebody again today and it's not new. Like, uh, I was looking at somebody's LinkedIn today and they had, um, a, a, a video of their new business card, which is an HR, uh, AR enabled business card that has all the pop-up things and all that sort of stuff, stuff we were doing with Blipper way back when in the day. Um, but I think it, it's neat to see this now kind of be part of packaging and delivery. So, Good on Hermes for that. Um, so, yeah. 
sort of sticking with uh, barcodes and scanning things, um, our second story, the NFC Forum, um, has, which is the, sort of the standards body for things, all things around near-field communications, uh, has issued a new, a new standard. Um, and they're positioning this as a replacement uh, or alternative uh, for QR code-based payments. So we've seen over the years a number of QR uh, payment platforms emerge, right? Um, you know, if, uh, on a number of different levels internationally and, and, and domestically in North America, you know, people, you know, using QR as, as, as a mechanism for, for a secure payment. But in the end, it's really not all that secure. And so the NFC um, forum has come up with this new thing called NFC money transfer. Um, or, or actually, the full name is the NFC money transfer candidate specification. Um, and for short, it's the NMT, Near Field Money Transfer, I guess. Um, and it's, they say it's much faster and more efficient than QR code transactions. It eliminates the need for cameras or scanners to capture a QR code, uh, which obviously is, you know, has been a, uh, you know, I, I would say was a big issue a while back is becoming less of an issue now with, you know, native uh, scanners built into things like uh, Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook. Um, but uh, nonetheless, if you don't have to have a scanner at all, um, and you can just facilitate a, uh, a secure transaction, all the better. And Nearfield is, is a good way to do that. Um, and so they say that you simply basically hold your device uh, near an NFC reader, um, and, and the transaction is facilitated in, in that way. And we've done this before, obviously, with different things. There's card, credit cards now that you know, work with this technology. And others, and they say there's two million NFC-enabled devices currently around the world. Um, and uh, like I know, for example, like uh, uh, here in Canada, I don't know if you guys have this in the states, but uh, when you go to um, McDonald's up here now, they have all these. Um, and you actually go into the stores, into the restaurants. They have all these uh, kiosk ordering things, like digital touchscreen ordering things. Uh, instead of going up to actually talk to somebody, you like fill out, you you know just touch the screen and fill it all out. But when it comes to payment, one of the options you have there is, is Apple Pay or, you know, through your phone. Um, and that's essentially an NFC, you know, transaction that's happening there. So all, what they're really talking about here is, is the fact that they've now created a, a specification and a standard that people can build against um, and trying to position this as, you know, uh, being that much more secure than, than QR. Yeah, I mean, security is obviously the most important thing when it comes to any type of payment or financial transaction. So um, I like that. I I think that what misses the mark for me is like, well, obviously, this to me, this just is like, well, this is just NFC, right? It's just they're using a different technology behind it. Um, it's still like the, you know, the phone, you're not scanning anything. It's not like you're taking a picture. So, um, I mean, I think it's exciting to make sure that our our payment transactions are as secure as they possibly can be. But probably for consumers, this is something that's not even going to like, we're not going to, we're not going to be at the, the forefront of this. You're not going to notice. You know, see, this is all like going on behind the scenes. So I think it's important, but I don't really have a whole lot to add. Like, yay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think, you know, all I can say is, is the more this, you know, this becomes sort of uh, pervasive in, in just our everyday lives as consumers, the better, right? I mean, for us, it's about, as consumers, I think it's about removing friction um, right. as much as possible. And I think NFC is a good way to do that. Um, it's certainly 
removes that step of having to scan something like with a QR yeah. code. So that's to me is removing friction. And so that's what I like about this. And, you know, again, I, I don't really see this as, as new. I, obviously the specification itself is new um, right. and enabling developers and businesses to, to, to move faster in, in enabling this and, and making this happen. Uh, but at the end of the day, from the consumer perspective, I think this is just about uh, ease of use and removing friction and the more the better. Yeah, I mean, if we can have more retailers having um, cardless payment options, I think that's like the win for us as consumers. And if this allows more retailers to do that, then yeah. all the better, right? Yeah. <laughs> all right, so completely different subject. This is like big detour over here, but we're talking about Lego and Snapchat teaming up. And this is kind of interesting. This is an AR pop-up that happened in London. I guess I have kind of the AR topic this this week, but um, so... There's this pop-up shop that... That's all I gotta say. It's not pizza, finally. Um, yeah, so there's this pop-up shop that's in London, and it's basically this empty white room, a blank white room, and there's no merchandise or anything in there, but there is a snap code. So they're not promoting Lego sets, and actually they're promoting um, clothing items. So kind of just to give you a little bit of a backstory, um, there's a Danish clothing retailer called Kabuki, and they have been a licensed partner for a very long time of Lego, and they've made children's apparel like, you know, I think there's like kids' underwear and T-shirts and like all those things that you see for your toddlers and stuff that are like Lego branded um, that are probably made from this. Well, the fashion brand decided this year that they wanted to sell something other than children's apparel, and so they have kind of transitioned now into this adult streetwear apparel and so this is like a new way they wanted to launch it in a new way and kind of, I guess, hit their target audience, which is probably the people who use Snapchat. Mm -hmm. um, and so this is was only available um, for one day, happened in London. It's like you could go in and basically shop through Snapchat using the, the Snap code. So what I thought was kind of interesting is like, even though a US-based consumer could go in and, and see the store and visit it, only shoppers from UK, France, and Germany could actually buy the goods. So they would go in this virtual store. There was like all these different kind of things that they had in there. Some of them were, um, there's like interactive arcade games. There was a virtual DJ booth. And then um, the whole inside of the store was virtually built out of Lego blocks. Um, and then they had obviously like these, these shelves and they had um, collections of specialty clothing that was like exclusively available just there. So they would go in, buy it, check out, and, and that's it. And they had this shop for one day only. So I have mixed feelings about this whole thing. Um, I think that this is a hit and a miss at the same time. I think this is a hit because I think um, in terms of the demographic and the audience that would be buying Lego street apparel, it would be the type that is going to interact virtually with you know this augmented pop-up shop through mm -hmm. Snapchat. I think that that's a big hit. Uh, where I think it's a miss is that I think the purpose of a pop-up shop, the purpose of a retail store is to have that hands-on experience, to buy, see, touch, feel, try on, um, get more of an experience. Like I can see a picture of a t-shirt, but I want to feel the quality of the fabric, right? And maybe this is like more, you know, people aren't going to care what the quality is or anything like that. I'm not really sure. But that's, you know, from my perspective. So I, I do like that they're trying something new. I think that they probably were spot on. 
with their demographics and, and who their audience was. But um, I think it was a little bit of a miss in terms of like, how do you replicate this? How do you scale this? There's no plans moving forward. But um, I will applaud that that both Lego and Snapchat are trying something new. Yeah, you know, I'm, I, I, I actually quite like this story. I think it's uh, an innovative use of AR technology and Snapchat. Uh, and the combination of players here uh, with Kabuki and, and Lego and everything. So, um, you know, I, I think it's fun. Um, you, you know, I, I guess whenever I see something like this, I think the one thing that, um, you know, I, I, I challenge is, you know, it was only a one-day thing. Um, you know, it was only in terms of actually being able to purchase things, only people from UK, France, and, and Germany, uh, you know, could could actually buy something. People from the U.S. could could visit, you know, but they couldn't actually buy anything. Um, you know, so having that limitation, I think, on it, uh, you know, is challenging for me. I, I'm a big fan of AR retail environments and commerce and those things coming together. So I think, you know, there's 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 lots of room for pop up virtual stores. You might remember way, way, way back when, you know, we did that project in, in China with you know, the virtual uh, grocery stores and you could shop the aisles and then, you know, buy stuff and then have it delivered to your house, um, you know, and all of that, all in AR. Um, and I think we need more of that. I think this is, is a good step in terms of um, demonstrating what's possible uh, and visualizing it with very cool, very creative um you know, brands and colors and, and, uh, you know, stuff that engages people from a design perspective. Um, but I'd like to see them push for a little farther, I guess, on the, on the commerce side and not have it just be about cool and fun. Um, which I know that's what these brands are about, but have it be cool and fun and, and, uh, monetize, uh, at the, at the same time. So, yeah, so what I think this is kind of like a very, very small little entryway into is the fact that I, I believe one of the challenges that Snapchat has in um, is the shopability of it, right? Like Instagram mm -hmm. is great for shopping, you know, it, it's very easy to find and to shop now. But what I like, I think this gives certain brands, especially those that cater to a younger demographic, the ability to place Snapchat codes inside of real stores, like an American Eagle or yep. something, right? And you have different things, and you have the ability to interact in a non-blank space with different garments, with different things. So having an experience that may change on an ongoing basis, but utilizing the Snap codes, so bridging that digital and physical world while you can still touch, see, feel, try on. Um, I think that's where the power is going going to really be but um i think this is just a small step in that direction yeah and, and to, to your point there i think in a lot of ways about bringing these social platforms into the physical retail environment i think is an mm -hmm. interesting one like we've talked in the past about like you know what i think is a good move by pinterest uh of you know going into retail like neiman marcus and, and places like that where they're actually like you maybe people are pinning stuff you know on a board somewhere and then like they see a lot of that activity and then, you know, you go into Neiman Marcus and you see, you know, some pair of shoes on display and they put a little placard beside it that says, as seen on Pinterest, right? Like closing, you know, the, the, those gaps and, and, and creating those partnerships, I think is really interesting. So I like that aspect of it. But for me, like I said, the commerce piece is, is lacking a little bit. And it's almost like this is the perfect kind of thing in terms of this one day pop-up experience that you would do at South by Southwest or something like that. Yeah. Um, 
you know, where it's about what's possible and cool and interesting and um, as opposed to, you know, like just throwing it up in London and, and uh, you know, having people experience it but not being able to buy. And yeah, yeah. Do, do it for a week and let people buy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sort of like the data dollar store with Kaspersky Labs, right? Yeah. Anyhow. Yes. All right. On to uh, our, uh, so that's our three industry news stories. We're going to shift over to talk about what the members have been up to uh, lately. And I will kick that off with a very cool story uh, about a uh, case study that's uh, out now talking about a partnership between McDonald's and Waze. Uh, obviously, two uh, great LBMA uh, companies working together. We're always excited about that. Um, and so what they did here, this, this was a, a campaign that ran in Southern California uh, over the last uh, little while. And essentially, um, they, McDonald's is one of the biggest spenders by far uh, on out-of-home billboard advertising, you know, traditional static billboards all over the place, uh, you know, telling you that there's a McDonald's nearby, you should, you should go. Um, and so they, they basically took 300 billboards equipped with geofencing technology. Uh, and as people were coming in proximity to those billboards, uh, and they were uh, Waze users or, or drivers using the Waze app, um, when the uh, car was at a standstill, uh, uh, what they call a zero speed takeover, um, they would run a full screen ad on the Waze app. Um, that would get served up uh, promoting and echoing exactly what you would see on the uh, billboard uh, for McDonald's. And, uh, you know, so you just, you'd see this thing for, you know, several seconds while you're sitting at a, at a stop. Uh, you just saw it on the billboard in front of you and now you see it on your, uh, in your car on the Waze app. And, um, you know, there's a call to action that then says drive there. And uh, so you can just kind of, you know, add that to your route and, and away you go. Um, and they say uh, they worked really well. They had 6.4 million mobile impressions uh, for this combined uh, out-of-home uh, in-app advertising campaign, which resulted in 8,400 navigations uh, to a McDonald's uh, directly from, you know, that drive now uh, button. Um, so that's, uh, that's some good numbers. And this ran October to November last year. Um, I really like this story, and I, uh, for the first time, actually engaged with one of Waze's digital billboards, and it was really seamless, and um, I think it was like to get coffee while I was on a two-hour drive to my parents' house, so I was like, perfect, you know, I can just loop in here, go do this, and then um, I really enjoyed that experience, so I thought it was a really great, like, seamless experience um, in terms of, of how they've done that, but I mean... Waze has the perfect platform, so it's kind of hard to really beat the opportunity to know where somebody's going and how far out of the way something is and and then uh, tie in the advertising. So not everybody has the ability to have all of that data at their fingertips, but um, they definitely do a good job with what they've got. I, I will go out and say, you know, at the LBMA, like, you, you know, like to toot our horn a little bit, we were the first to pioneer this type of, of mashup uh, in one of our collaboration projects with McDonald's and uh, and Tom Tom and Garmin way back in the day. So um, before before Waze was really you know a player. So um, but but I'm glad to see it's uh, it's hitting the mass market now and and we're seeing this kind of <laughs> kind of results um, and and good good for Waze and, and McDonald's for teaming up on it. So yeah, for sure. All right. So this next story is cool, but I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna give you a little bit of a forewarning. I am going to say the word Gion like way more than anybody ever should say the word Gion. All right. So there is this new app 
called the Geon Network, and it is a blockchain-based AR mobile app. Okay. Um, you got all the AR some today. Traction. What? <laughs> I said you get all the AR today. Oh my God, all the AR, and I just got all the buzzwords as well. Okay. So this app's been gaining traction. They've uh, acquired about 30,000 users in the beta um, product just since uh, October 27th. So, you know, not even like four months it's been going on, and it's um, obviously growing. Well, it's not like five months. So um, a couple of weeks ago, the Geon Network announced the placement of 1.5 million Geon beacons <laughs> all over the world or as they say, all over the planet. Um, it sounds like way more exciting with the planet, right? Um, so each of these beacons are filled with Geon coins. Um, so when an app user finds these Geon beacons, or they're called a Geomine, they can collect the, the coins, and then they can use them in a Geon store. So it's like an eternal scavenger hunt, I guess. And whenever you get these coins, you can obviously save them up, and then you can go to the Gion store and some of the goods they have there are like Netflix vouchers, PayPal, you know, gifts that are there, cryptocurrency, if that's your thing. Um, and soon enough, partners are, and businesses are going to be able to kind of add their own items to the Gion store. So, for example, maybe a small to medium-sized business could put some items on there or a McDonald's could put some items on there that would be available for purchase. And they will also be able to buy Gion coins from the Gion network. And they'll set up their own Geons. So let's say McDonald's wants to set up Geons at all of their locations. So it will lure people to go in there, collect these coins, and then maybe, obviously, buy a Big Mac. Um, I think the premise here is good. I feel like they're really trying to gamify this whole AR world. Um, it's almost like loyalty meets Pokemon Go. Exactly. I don't know. Uh, but uh, <laughs> So I, I like that they're trying to gamify this. I think that... Um, it's a worthwhile effort. It's definitely not, it's going to skew young um, for the people who have time to go around and collect coins. And um, I can't say Gion like anymore for a little while, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of this. You know, I think that everybody's kind of been wondering like, what's the next, you know, big like Pokemon idea that's going to lure people out and about. And something like this might be good because obviously Pokemon was all about just um, winning inside of a virtual world, but this again is merging this augmented reality with real reality, real gifts, real coins, you know, real things that can be um, exchanged for goods and services. So I like this and I and I am excited to see the business portion of it because as a small business owner, I would love to say like, is this something that I can utilize, um, you know, and is it worthwhile? Like, I would love to know, I think that business owners are going to want to have some type of analytics, like who are these customers coming in? You know, if I'm like a spa owner, I'm not sure that this is really going to be my clientele or something like that. But uh, I do think that there is um, a lot of room in the market for some great loyalty opportunities and something like this could work. There you go. All right. Um, so love what these guys are trying to do um it's exactly as you described to me you know sort of that pokemon meets meets loyalty platform um and i think you know i remember talking to uh to the founders uh this so by the way this uh, these guys joined lbma like last year and you know they're uh de the development team and, and the core teams uh based in poland and um you know i i think it's it's fascinating to look at that mashup of 
a virtual world, an AR type of world, and how that translates in, into the real world bricks and mortar, uh, you know, brand environment, whether that's restaurants or retail, traditional retail, or, or what have you. Um, for me, you know, it, the 1.5 million Geon beacons that they placed all over the place, uh, filled with Geon coins, and this whole idea of, you know, kind of all of this sitting on, on you know, uh, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin type of environment and being able to mine that uh, to use, you know, sort of that terminology. I think it's interesting. At the end of the day, I think um, the more we can think about this as loyalty and game gamification and less that we can think about this as blockchain and mining and, and all of that, uh, I, the better. Because I think the average consumer is not really into that. Um, you know, the the sort of the retail brand community doesn't understand that, but they do understand loyalty and they do understand virtual and AR. Um, and I think that's what they're going for here. So I think they're doing a good job of um, kind of building the, the platform around this. The piece I really get excited about is the, is the store uh, aspect of this. Um, because I, I think that's where this has big potential, right? So what you talked about where you collect these coins and, and then you can go to the, the, the store um, to, to redeem or, 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 or you know, sort of translate them into, into actual goods, whether that's a Netflix or a stream voucher or a PayPal gift or you know, actual other things. So I think the more they can push that aspect of it and, dri and drive you know, retailers or brands to put uh, products or, 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 or services or merchandise into that type of store marketplace, then the more attractive it becomes for consumers to want to go out and, and actually collect these, these, these coins. Um, and the more that that happens, then the more big, big retail and, and franchises and brands look at it and say, we want to have our own coins um, in this marketplace. And you know, can you guys create you know, McDonald's Geons or Burger King Geons or whatever, whatever the case might be. Um, so I think they're onto something really, really interesting here. I think there's a lot of potential for it. And, uh, you know, but for me, the store piece is, uh, is where a lot of, uh, you know, the focus should be on trying to grow out, um, you know, what's available there that ultimately then drives cons consumer engagement. So, sorry, I got like a frog in my throat going right now. So. No, I totally agree with you. I think that, um, I think you're right. And I would, I would almost prefer like they leave the whole like blockchain and cryptocurrency thing out of it because it almost like turns it off for me. Whereas I think that the, um, the ability to like lead people to a business and engage with them and kind of more of that gamified loyalty, um, or just like experiencing new things, right? Like trying new things because you're kind of like lured there for a reason to get some type of, you have an incentive to go there um, is, is the real value add. Um, and where I see like a lot more possibility and strength. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> On to our final story uh, for this week. Uh, and that is uh, Albertsons, uh, the big uh, retail grocery uh, chain has partnered with our good friends at Glimpse. Um, and this is all about delivery tracking. We t I mentioned right at the top of the show, Retail Loco, uh, and we have this whole panel uh, coming up this year on kind of last mile and delivery, uh, and Glimpse and here are teaming up to, uh, to, 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 to talk on that panel um, with, with some of their clients, perhaps Albertsons. Um, but um, essentially what's happening here, this is all about giving shoppers real-time status on their grocery delivery or their drive up and, and go order. Um, so, you know, kind of taking that same functionality we're all familiar with in things like Uber, of knowing where your driver is on, its, on, on his or her way to you, um, 
and applying that to things like you know delivery of of your groceries or you know your your order status for pickup and all those kinds of things so um yeah so basically if you're an albertson's customer you're finalizing your delivery order you can opt in for notifications that are powered by glimpse you can get those notifications via text or email and once the order is on the way you'll receive a link to a live map of where the delivery truck is and the exact time of delivery you know i think this is it's 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 brilliant it's simple you know, this is how, you know, FedEx tracking should work. This is how UPS tracking should work. This is how any kind of delivery uh, service should be working as far as, again, consu consumer, uh, just great customer service and, um, you know, providing that information. And it's available uh, now uh, at Albertsons, Safeway, Jewel Osco, Vons, Randalls, Tom Thumb, and Pavilions. Um, not available on orders fulfilled by Instacart, though. Um, mm. so there you go. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's what I gotta say. Yeah. I love, I love this. Um, so like my recent experience with delivery is I always, am getting the updates from Amazon, like when they're going to be delivering my package, you know, how many stops away it is, but I don't feel like it's as seamless as like my interaction with the glimpse platform. Right. So for example, Saturday, my daughter had a birthday party for a friend the birthday present was arriving Saturday and I get a notification eight stops away. Well, you know, 30 minutes later I log in to see because you can actually follow to see like where exactly it is and it's still eight stops away and I see the dot moving very slowly yeah. but it still says eight stops. So to me it wasn't very accurate and I know like from my use of glimpse from a like a consumer, like a peer-to-peer -peer play, yeah. um, like tracking friends or finding friends like in a busy area is a very seamless and, and a wonderful like way to find things um, or know like when something's going to arrive. So, um, you know, I think that a lot of the delivery services could definitely uh, benefit from something like this. There you so go. Maybe, maybe Glimpse can team up with, uh, what's, what's the other store we had, Hermes. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That would be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. All right. That's so that's that's our show. Three industry news stories, three <laughs> member news stories, lots of AR, lots of delivery, um, you know, some some interesting uh cool uh collaborations between Waze and McDonald's. Um and of course, uh go out and get your your ticket for Retail Loco. Uh it's just retaillo.co. Um and um yeah, we would love to see you out there if you are in the Seattle or surrounding area. Uh, and uh, you think you have something interesting to say, there's still one or two spots available on panels and things like that. So you can reach out to us and inquire about those. Um, but uh, excited about uh, uh, the event this year. And uh, yeah, if you have um, show ideas uh, for the podcast show in terms of stories uh, or just comments or feedback or criticism, reach out to us. All the contact information is available at the end of the show. Thank you for listening and watching. This has been episode 406. And of course, we'll be back next week as per usual. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.